Um, we're gonna go through a little bit. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you guys some pictures because I feel um, if you guys uh, haven't been here, like I want to show you guys where we started, and um, they're gonna put some pictures on the screen, and I'll explain some of them. Uh, so because you know it's our second year, and uh, that's where we started. Uh, that's where we started. For if you guys wanted to know a brief history, we started this in our house in 2016. We didn't launch until 2017, but this is where we started. That, we, that was our living room. That was, like, that was church for us. Some of you guys remember this full well, you know? Some of you guys remember this, and you're like, I remember being in that house, you know? And since then, God has just moved. You can go to the next photo. Um, that was our first logo. That was our first logo. It was like a, a little, you know, pirate's wheel, because we're a bunch of vagabonds, you know what I mean? Uh, you can keep going. Uh, that was like, so at this point, you can hang out here, like, our house started to get full, and we, this is when we started praying, and we're like, okay, God, what are we going to do? Um, it was in this time that, you know, uh, some things came against us, some things were said over us that were pretty negative, and uh, we were, I was told that our church would start and die in our living room. Ha, you know? Uh, Look at, look at God. I think God does that because he's just like, if I'm leading this, we'll see where this gonna, thing's going to go. And you can go to the next picture. So we started growing. Um, is there next one? Thank you. So th- it's funny. When we changed our logo because we received wisdom from a pastor who was like, your logo's good, but, you know, from like two to five feet, it kind of blends away. And so this was my beautiful drawing of what our new logo should look like. Um, you know, I literally grabbed a piece of paper and I just kind of sketched it down and I was like, this is it. This is what God put on my heart for Pioneer Church. And uh, you can go to the next one. And it kind of became that. That was our first worship team or worship people. <laughs> you know, it was uh, Tedrick and uh, my wife who were leading us in worship. And uh, now we got like musicians all on stage and you guys killed it this morning. My favorite song was Celebrate Jesus. <laughs> And so God has just sent us some beautiful people. Um, we can go to the next photo. Yeah, so when, when we talk about, like, I was literally preaching to these two rows, you know, and just believing God and being like, God, I see what you see. I'm just going to keep on going. And these times weren't easy. These times weren't easy because you come, you preach, and then you're like, we had, you know, 10 people here. Cool, you know. But, you know, something, the spirit inside of me, faith was saying, no, 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 keep going. There's more. There's more. Um, next photo. Uh, is that the last one? Yeah. Okay, cool. But we could hang out here. Um, and so this was, this was like 10 people. And this is where uh, we were just, when we launched with 150, you know, because everyone wants to come to the birthday party. Everyone's like, Arr. and then the months after that, you know, it just kind of dwindled down and then. Some Sundays were 10, 10 people like this, and you're just kind of like, okay, God, like, this is not what you called us to. Like, and it's so funny. I had the audacity to call, after we launched our first anniversary, to call it even greater, because I just believed God would do even greater, even though I was preaching to, like, 15 people. And I was just like, you know, I see it. I see it. I, I believe it. And, and the, that was faith talking. I was like, God, I see it. And so I have two pulpits up here, not because I'm like double awesome, but, you know, it's like, all right, cool. We're going to go from this one to this one. You know, no, um, this was the first um, pulpit that I was preaching from in our house. Uh, someone I worked with, I was like, does anyone have like 
something I can put my Bible and iPad on while I preach in my house. And so um, a friend of mine who I worked with, she was like, oh, we have a Haley's music stand. And I was just like, oh, can I borrow it? In my head, I was like, please let me keep it. Because <laughs> uh, we don't have anything to do that. And so she let me borrow it. And like her name is on here because I never want to forget uh, where we started and where we came from. And I keep this in my car to always remember the humble beginnings. Scripture says, do not despise the day of hum the humble beginnings. And so um, I started preaching on this, knowing that God would you know, do even greater, and, and, we would, and this church would be even greater than what my mind can fathom. And so uh, with that, it's just like, look at the room now, you know, and you see like all these people here, and you think, this, see, you have to understand, this isn't it. Take a snapshot. We took pictures because that wasn't it. That was just a point on the journey, right? And because God wanted me to understand, like, don't despise your humble beginnings. And so when I take a snapshot of this and all you guys in this room, it's like, this is beautiful, this is great, but there's still more God has for this church. There's still more not only God has for this church, but God has for you. And you may be in a situation or a point in your life where you're like, is this it, God? Is this it? And he's going, no, I have even greater for you. I have even more for you. Just have the faith, just have this wild faith to believe that I can when you can't. And so we just continued with it. And, you know, and this is where we are now. But I, I take this and I look at this and I'm thankful for this. You know, I'm thankful for this because some of you guys know, like, the conversation through the journey is just like, all right, we had like, you know, 10 people showed up. And then uh, where the changing point happened in this church was really with prayer. In the beginning of this year, um, we had a church-wide fast and we committed 15 days to God and we fasted and I fasted. And the team fasted, and while we were fasting, there was just something in my, in my spirit, you know, something in my spirit that was like something shifting. There's a shift going on. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's a shift. And so after we finished that fast, we, we went from like, oh, okay, we have like 20 people. And then one week was like, oh, we have 30 people. <laughs> okay, look at us with 30 people. And then the next week was like, oh. Look at that. There's 40 people here. Where did you guys find us? <laughs> like, did you stumble in here by mistake? You know what I mean? Some people just walked in. and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it looks good in here. And it's just like, are you here for church? Sure, why not? You know, and so, you know, you get 40 people. And then from there, we start to hit like 50 and 60. And I want to let you guys know that we are not crawling into our second year. We're not slowly moving into our second year. We are moving into our second year with momentum. And it's not from me. And it's not from what my talents or my skills or our talents or our skills. The momentum we're moving in is called the momentum of the Holy Spirit. And so we're not just crawling and eking into this second year of like, okay, I guess we're here. No, no, no. We're moving. Moving with momentum and power and fervency. Come on, y'all got to get excited with me. I can't. I know. Listen, that, guy, that, that group of 10 people was a little bit louder, you know. But before I really get in this sermon, can we just take 30 seconds and just thank God for us being, for God, allowing kindness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 
God, you are so good. If you got to stand up, you can stand up. We just thank you, God, because you brought us such a mighty long way. You brought us such a mighty long way when the world said we couldn't, Lord God. You continue to do it, Lord God, and you will do it again, and you continue to do it. So we just thank you, God. We just thank you, God. Oh, Lord. See, faith says like, hey, it may be a music stand one day, but it's going to be a pulpit the next. See, your faith has to see that. Your faith has to see that even though I'm starting with something simple and something okay, that God has more for me. Some of you guys are in seasons right now where you're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know where God has for me, and it's a humble beginning. Enjoy humble beginnings. Enjoy them. Don't despise them. Don't run away from them because it's in those humble beginnings that you grow. See, I wouldn't know how to preach with passion and preach with fervency and preach with the power of the Holy Spirit if I didn't know how to preach to 10 people first. Because if you're just doing ministry for the oohs and the ahs and the recognition, when that goes away, your ministry may go away. I want to see pioneers, name pioneer. A pioneer doesn't only discover an area. Right? Because, you know, that's the name of the church, Pioneer Church. Pioneers, when they go out, they don't only just discover an area. What pioneers also do is that they transform the area. See, and you guys who are pioneers and you're members of this church, you know that you weren't called just to discover a church. You were called to transform your city. You were called to transform your community. You were called to transform this world. And in this second year, the reason why God put on my heart transformation is because we're not only just here as pioneers to discover and say, oh, look, here's a new church or here's a new area, but we're here to transform the area where someone would be a drug addict. Yeah, let me hear. Yeah, she's with me today. Y'all, are y'all with me today? I know I came. Y'all like, Pastor, chill out. No, it's, my, it's our birthday. You chill out, you know? Or you chill up or something, you know? And so pioneers, don't they transform an area. And it's like, what is a pioneer? I'm going to read you some things. It says, a pioneer is a person who is amongst those who first enter or settle a region, thus opening it up for occupation and development by others. See, you're not only there to, you're not only here to come to church, you're here to also invite people to church. Amen? You're not only here to just be an attender, you're here to be a participator and say, hey, I found this church. The pastor's a little crazy. He is a little sweaty sometimes, but the spirit's in there. Amen. It says the pioneers amongst one of the earliest in any field or enterprise or progress. A pioneer stretches the boundaries and extends the horizon. A pioneer sings a song that is music to the initiator and can be clashing brass to the establishment. A pioneer takes territory previously considered uninhabitable and realizes its potential. Oh, that's downtown. That's downtown. A pioneer reaches the unreachable and includes the excluded. Do I got a couple of pioneers in this room? Do I have a couple of pioneers in this room who are like, you know what? I'm going to go where it's uninhabitable. See, we didn't want to play safe church. That was never the vision of Pioneer Church. Pioneers don't go to safe regions and be like, well, this is safe. 
Let's plant a church here. No, no, no. A pioneer goes out and says, wow, this looks inhabitable. Are, there's drug addicts out here. There's homeless out here. This is the perfect place, place for a church. Let's do church right here because this is where Jesus needed the most. And so we didn't run, run away from that. We were told that downtown wasn't a good place to plant a church. Um, we were told um, for, because, you know, because of the, the crime that was going on down here and the things that it's not safe down here. And I was like, yo, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in the 90s. There was like... Like, crackheads were almost like your best friends, you know? They were like the neighborhood watch. Be careful, there's something over there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know? Just saying. My greatest joy is that, yes, God has brought this church and he's kept this church for two years, but my greatest joy when I work, because I'm, I'm down here all the time, but my greatest joy is that I know a lot of the homeless people by name and they know my name. That's my greatest joy. See, because if we were just to come down here and just start church and do church, but yet the people who are needing didn't know my name or didn't know that they can come and get help, what are we doing? Amen. Do we just become a production or are we really a church? There's a couple of homeless people I come down here every week and they know my name and I know their name and they know I'm going to pray for them and they know I don't got change for them. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> they know that. They know that. They know I'm going to pray for them. And so that's my greatest joy. Yes, my joy is in this church and what we're doing, but my joy is that all of my neighbors and all of my friends down here, they know my name. It's one thing to, to have friends and have people in your life who do everything that you do and you guys do the same thing. It's another thing when Jesus says, go to the homeless, go to the orphans, go to the widows and make them your friends. And so we know that we're transforming an area, not by playing church, but being the church. We're in here corporately worshiping together because we need to get encouraged. But when we go outside and we see someone who's broken and you're saying, hey, can, hey, I saw, you hungry? Can I get you some food? Yeah? Are you, are you need, do you need socks? Do you need coats? What do you need? That's being the church. God placed on my heart transform, transformation and to transform means a change in condition, nature, appearance, or structure. Everyone with me on that? Yeah. A change in condition, nature, appearance, or structure. Because what a pioneer does is that it sees what's inhabitable and realizes its potential. You see, as pioneers, we've seen what is inhabitable and we've noticed its potential. Now, what we're called to do is to take it and transform it to what it was and to what God's called it to be. No longer is, just a, is downtown a place of just crime and bad things going on. Now it's a place of a, of a life-giving church, of a growing church where people are joining together and homeless are being prayed for and people who are, are, are addicted to drugs are no longer addicted to drugs. See, that's what a pioneer does. If a pioneer were to stop and just discover an area and put their flag down, you'd be, nothing. You wouldn't be doing anything. If you're just going to come and say, oh, I found an area, but you walk away and left it the way it was, you're not the change that you want to be. But a pioneer sees an area, sees that it's uninhabitable, sees that it's not the best place to do something and goes, God, I need you to start changing. I need you to help me transform this area. Because you have to understand, we're not transforming this area by power or by might, but we're transforming it by the Spirit. 
It's the spirit living in us that allows us to take an area that's like, oh, I wouldn't live down here, to be like, why aren't we living down here? Why aren't we going to this church? Why aren't we doing something impactful? God has called Pioneer Church to transform this city. And it takes blood, sweat, and tears. I've never heard of a story where someone transformed something and it was like, oh, it was easy. I just added water to it. We're not an instant church. It's not like, oh, just add water and everything will come together. This church was birthed on prayer and it continues in prayer and will always continue to survive on prayer. The moment we think prayer is beyond us, the spirit is beyond us. The anointing is beyond us. You want to see this church grow? Pray for it. Pray, ask God, God, how can I be impactful? How can I be a member of this church? I don't want this city to stay the same. Even, and I, listen, guys, I understand that some of you guys are just coming in Memphis and you're going to be here for a year or two or maybe three and then you're going somewhere else. But while you're here, why don't you make it habitable for someone who's living here? Why don't you set the spirit and the standard for someone who's living here and saying, you know what? I'm going to draw a line. And when I leave, I want to leave this place. I want to leave this city better than what I found it in. Does it mean you need to build a structure or create something? I don't know. God might have put that in you. But it may just mean walking down the street and seeing someone who's broken and saying, hey, how can I pray for you? See, we always think change needs to be this grand thing, right? And, and, and sometimes that happens in church cultures that we think like it needs to be this big and beautiful thing and it needs to have like fireworks and lasers and a fog machine. And sometimes God is like, just, hey, I just want to, I'm just calling you to pray. Just pray. But God, I don't know what to pray for. Ask the Spirit. I'm just calling you to pray. I think we overcomplicate it sometimes. I want to read in Hebrews uh, 12, 1 to 3. I'm going to read out of the the Passion Translation. It says, As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon, its race, with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us, who led us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So we consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their souls, their own souls, so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. Guys, it's it's by faith. It says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us take off everything that hinders us, the sin that hinders us, and let us run life's race. See, it's talking about faith. See, it's faith that turns what's inhabitable into potential, into something. It's faith that turns a wilderness into a welcome home. It's faith that says, you know what? I may, not, I may be rejected, but I will be rejoiced. It's faith that says, I see the glory through the garbage. It's faith that says, I see the celebration through the sorrow. 
It's faith that says, you know what, let's plant a church and let's give life into a downtown Memphis community where people think it's crime-ridden. It takes faith to preach to 10 people knowing that God has called it to be greater. It takes faith to pray for your wayward son who is gone and you're like, God, I need your help. It takes faith to keep on praying. You see, it says in the scripture, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God. You may be at a time in your life right now where you're saying, God, I don't see this working out the way I thought it would work out. I don't see this happening the way I think it would happen. But God, I'm just going to have faith because faith is believing in what you can't see. Faith is praying for chairs that are empty. Faith is holding the door open for a church even when no one would walk in. See, it's that faith that produces. It's that faith that says, God, I'm putting it all on you and I'm leaving it all on you. And I don't know where this is going and I don't know how it's going to work out. But it's that faith that brings people to God. It's that faith. That's the faith that we're talking about. That's the faith that God called us to. Without faith, it's impossible. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Some of you guys, I think if you want to see better, you just need to close your eyes and pray. See, there's a difference between vision and sight, right? There's a difference between vision and sight. Sight is what I see with my eyes. A year or two ago, what I saw with my eyes in this church was not what I see now. That's sight. I could see it in front of me. It's right there. It's tangible. I can pick it up. It's mine. Vision is what happens when you close your eyes. God, I see this room just full of pioneers. God, I know this room is going to be full of people yearning after you. God, I see a church that's transforming this city. God, I see a church that's meeting the broken. God, I see a church that's clothing the naked. God, I see a church that's feeding the hungry. God, I see a community of people who are like-minded worshiping you and wanting you to change and heal this land. See, that's vision. Vision is different than sight. Vision allows you to close your eyes and walk forward because you're knowing that God's going to provide every step. Some of you guys, like I said before, you guys need to close your eyes and you need to start believing in the vision God put in your life than what you can see with your own physical eyes because your eyes sometimes are lying to you. If we would have gave up in our first year because of what we saw, the vision would have never came true. Some of you guys have vision in your own lives of what God has called you to, of what he's called your family to, and you guys are believing what you see. But please, please don't believe in what you see. Do not trust your eyes because your eyes will lead you astray. But if you start closing your eyes and believing in that vision of, God, I know you called me to be an entrepreneur. Show me how to do that. God, I know I'm not a person of divorce. That is not my title. I have a vision of a family. See, you see, that stuff is, becomes real. That stuff you need to start believing in. That's the stuff you need to start. God, you know what? Yeah, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, but the vision you have for my life is going to be life-giving, and I'm going to share it with someone else. God, I know my kids. I don't have any kids right now, and I want to have children, but the vision you put on my heart is for my kids to impact their community. You got to start living that vision. You got to start moving with that vision. Sometimes we just believe in what we see, and, and it, it deters us. There was a, during this journey, I wish, I wish I could say it was easy, you know, and some people were like, oh, are your parents pastors? No. My parents weren't pastors. My parents, trust me, my parents did not have a trust fund and be like, we have all the money you need to plant a church. No. 
It was faith and vision. God, like even being in this room right now <laughs> was faith. They had, they, when we came here and I was talking to the president and I was just like, well, you know, um, I was like, how much do you cost to rent out the space? And he goes, you know, $2,500. And I was like, whoo. And I was like, so for the month, he's like, no, 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 $2,500 per event. I said, you a lie. <laughs> well, you know, I started to get like heart flutters and murmurs and all that stuff. And I was just like, dear Lord. Oh, Jesus, help me. And so he's like, what's your budget? $400 a month. $400. That, that was our budget. And at that time, he almost, he almost said no so quick, like the letters almost stumbled over each other. Like, he couldn't say no fast enough. See, but what, what he didn't know is that the night before, because I knew I was meeting with him, I was literally walking back and forth out here like a madman, like I had like mental issues, praying over this building and praying and believing the vision that God put in my heart. See, my sight, my physical heard no, but my vision already knew it was going to happen. He just needed to get on board. And so literally I was walking out here and it was like 1130, 1145, like a crazy man. I'm just like, God, I believe in what you're going to do. This is the place you've called us to. I don't know where else we're going to go. Our house is at capacity, God. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this is going to work out. But God, you've called me. You said we're the head and not the tail. And you planted a flag. In Pioneer Church, you planted a flag here in downtown Memphis. God, and this is going to be the vehicle in which we use like a crazy man because my eyes knew what was going on, but my, my spirit is like, go for greater. Go for greater. Because God loves those prayers that, that trouble you. God loves those prayers and that vision that's bigger than you. You want to honor God? Believe in a bigger vision than you can do with yourself. See, if your vision is tangible with your own hand and with your own strength, that's not a God-given vision. But if your vision is bigger than you and you're like, I don't know how this is going to work out, that's a God-given vision. Hold on to that one. Because you got to know that when God told Noah to build that boat, God knows, like, I've never seen a boat. I don't know what a boat looks like. I don't even, what is a boat? Like, how do you spell that word? You know, but God was like, build the boat. Make it bigger than you. God, I only know how to build a canoe. Like, uh, two by two animals? How are these animals going to come? God's like, I'm going to bring them. Okay, let me just start building. See, sometimes you got to just start building the boat and then the rain will come. Some of us want the rain to come before the boat is built. You got to start building the boat before the rain comes. You want your kids to raise up and be faithful to God? You got to start praying from now when they're children so when they get older they see the example. You want your business to grow? You got to start working in integrity right now, doing the hard work right now so when it takes off you're like, oh, we can handle this. I've been, I've been working with integrity since the beginning. You want, you want your finances to grow? Start giving of the little money you get right now. Pastor, I only make $100. He said, just give the $10. Just give the 10%. I'm going to double your 90. You want to grow? You got to start with the little things. And so I'm praying out here, and then I go home, and I go to sleep, and I meet with him, and we're talking, and he goes, no, very politely. You know, you know, the, you know, you know the Christian way of saying no, right? Let me pray about that. That's a Christian way of saying no. Hey, can we, let me pray about that. And so I go, some of y'all like, yeah, I, I use that with my kids every day. So, <laughs> daddy, can I have candy? Let me pray about that. Um, God said no, you know. Uh, and so two weeks go by and I'm meeting with one of our overseers. 
And I'm sitting there and he goes, how's, you know, how, how's the visible thing going? Is that going to work out? And I'm like, man, I don't think it's going to work out. I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but you know what? God has a space for us in downtown. You see, even when the physical says no, when the earthly says no, that spirit, that vision is just saying yes, you know? And so when he's talking to me, uh, he's just like, how's that? And I was like, I don't think it's going to work out, but God has a building for us. God has a space for us. He won't leave us where we are. I know he won't. And so we're just going to keep on praying and keep on being faithful. I'm going to keep walking around until someone gives us a space. And so as soon as I said that, and this was like at 7 o'clock in the morning, I get an email from the president here goes, hey, I want to work within your budget. You know our budget's still $400 a month, right? <laughs> hey, let's meet on Monday. We want you guys to be here. There's just a different spirit about you guys. And we'll talk about all the details later. Guys, it's not by power or by might. It wasn't by my strength that this church exists or that we're meeting in this place. This place was destined for Pioneer Church to be here. Is it, is it destined for Pioneer Church to stay here? No. We got places to go. We got a hurting city. But when he, when he I remember like that morning, I literally ugly cried while I was driving. Like <laughs> snot, tears, the whole thing, you know, like, you know, when you're just crying and you look at someone, they look at you and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Ugly cry. Yep. <laughs> Ugly cry. And I just remember thinking, like, God, you are so faithful. You are so faithful. Like, I couldn't have worked that out in my own strength. But my faith said to keep praying, keep believing in that vision, keep going forward. I'm going to provide a way. You guys know that old song, He will make a way where there seems to be no way. You guys have to understand that Jesus enjoys working in the impossible. That's His playground. That's His He loves that. Where we are over here thinking about the possible and what's possible and not possible. He just operates in the impossible. When you're like, I didn't think I could have any kids. And then you start, and then you see people having kids. Or I didn't think I would have a job. I don't even have a degree. I shouldn't be in this position. And then you end up in a position or you get a job that you know you're not qualified for. That is God. That is faith moving in your favor. There, listen, guys, when I lost a job, I was applying for jobs. I couldn't even like... Oh, I need a degree for that? Nope, apply. I need, well, nope, apply. In this year when I became the full-time pastor of Pioneer Church, see, this is the impossible thing because this stuff doesn't really happen until two and three years of a church existing. And their finances have to be really good. And I was unemployed and God sent someone to show up and like, like, let me bless this church. God sends you guys to say, let me bless this church. See, all of this, all of the things that are happening in our church is just God moving in the impossible. So, so at times, when the, listen, guys, when you have these moments and you're like, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how this is going to change. I don't know where we're going from here. Take a moment and close your eyes and say, God, I'm just going to have faith that you're going to move. You move the mountains, you're going to do it again. 
but how can you believe that you can be cured of this? Listen, I serve a God who cured a woman with issues of blood. I serve a God who brought people back to, to life. I serve a God who said when there was no way, when I was in my addiction that couldn't be broken, I serve that God. That's the God I serve, and he works in the impossible, and he stays in the impossible, and that's the God I serve. That I don't have to see it happening, but I know it's happening. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. You know, there's that old hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Jesus, right? Is that the right? Okay, good. I don't want to screw that one up. I love that song. Because there were many times in this journey and some of you leaders know and some of you guys know that like, I would have to stand up here and just say, great is thy faithfulness. Blessed, because it was those old hymns that really take you back. It's still, I know some of you guys are like, what are you talking about? Hillsong, Bethel. I'm talking about like them old school hymns that you sing in the moth smelled covered uh, hymnals. And you're like... There ain't nothing interesting in here, you know what I mean? Like, you do a crossword at the end of it, you know? But it's those, like, that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I have, your hand has provided. Because I could tell you, he was faithful when I was faithless. So if you're in this room and you're like, Pastor, I don't have that kind of faith, it's okay. Even when you're faith, faithless, he's faithful. Even when you're, you're down and you're like, I don't have any faith, I don't think it's going to happen, I don't see this changing, his faithfulness never wavers. Like, I want you to understand that, that his faithfulness isn't dependent upon your faithfulness. It's not that, oh, when I have more faith... He, he'll, have, he'll be more faithful to me. No, no, no. He's going to be faithful to you whether you got the faith or not. He's going to continue to do whether you can believe it or not because that's just the God I serve, that he's going to show up each and every time whether you show up or not, he's going to show up. And he's still showing up. But I don't only want to talk about where we are and where we've been. I want to talk about where we're going because this isn't the last stop for us. This is just the beginning of the journey. This isn't the last stop for us. And, and in transformation, when you're transforming, and as you guys know, like a, a caterpillar to a butterfly, there's a state called the chrysalis state where you're, it's shielded off and it becomes uh, something else. And so we have to understand that, listen, I, I don't know, I'm not worried about, like, because people always ask me, like, are you guys going to get your own building? And what does that look like? And, do, 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 do. and I tell everyone, we move at the speed of God. As God provides, we move. As God's hand, because guess what? His hand hasn't stopped providing, and yet we're still moving, and yet we're still growing. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I do know, as long as I stay faithful to him, he says he can do exceedingly and abundantly all that I could ever think or all that I could ever desire. So even when I don't know, he already knows. Amen? I want to talk about where we're going and the things that we're adding to this church, not because it's just like, let me add some stuff to the church to make it complicated. No, no, no. We want to add purposeful things to this church that's going to impact the community. So from now on, every week, what we're going to do is we're going to have a prayer focus. Sometime after worship, before the welcome, we're going to have a prayer focus. And we're going to put 
what the focus is on the screen, and that's what we're going to pray for as a church corporately. Because there's power when two or three are gathered. If you weren't here in the beginning of the month, we talked about corporate prayer and the audible prayer that comes out of our mouth. And, and you're like, well, Pastor, we don't have to pray loud. No, no, no. There's something in the audible because when God spoke the world into existence, there was an audible sound. And so when we pray together as a family, we're going to stand on what we're believing for. And it can, it can range from anything. Have you not seen our nation? There's many things to pray for. We can pray for this church. We can pray for this nation. We want to grow. We want to grow in our discipleship and in, in our homesteads. If you've been to a home, the ladies' homestead is taken off. First of all, there's like 14 ladies in there. Y'all are squatted out like a gang, gang, gang. You know, I see pictures. It's like, yo, these girls are something serious. The guys, we got like a solid six guys there. What's up? Yeah. We want to grow in our discipleship. We want our homesteads to grow. We don't only want, right now there's two because we just started and they're kind of like our pilot too, but we want our homesteads to grow to four. Because whenever you have faith in God, there's always multiplication. Because when it's in Christ Jesus, nothing stays one. It always has to multiply. Look around you. We didn't stay just 10 people, but we multiplied. And so we want to grow in our discipleship in that. We believe in small groups. We believe in homesteads. And so we want faithful leaders to lead those small groups and, lead, and lead, lead them with power and fervency. Because you have to know that when, when we do that, we grow and we multiply. We want to grow in our generosity. In our first year as a church, uh, we gave over $6,000 to missions, children, church. We gave to another church plant. And I remember telling someone that, and they're like, that's a lot for, like, a small church. I was like, we may be a small church, but our faith is big, okay? Like, come on now. Come on now. Do you know the God we serve? Because I just believe that from the moment we started this church, we wanted to be a generous church. We wanted to, out, we wanted to give. So when people are like, your church gave that much? Yes, we gave that much. Because our dependency is not on money. Our dependency is on God. And so, yes, we're going to impact the kingdom in these ways. We gave over $6,000 to missions and helping local organizations in our community. That's a big deal. And that's because of you guys. That's because you guys were like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be generous because God was so generous to me. And if he wasn't generous to me this month, I know he's going to be generous to me next month. And so thank you for your generosity because you allowed God to use your money. Because I'm going to tell you guys, there are kids in a classroom right now, and not overseas, but here in Memphis, who have school supplies because you decided to be generous and tithe. That's because of you guys, because you guys allowed God to use your finances to say, you know what, I'm going, to I'm going to give to this church because I believe in what they're doing. I want to let you know that there are two kids overseas who we're supporting that can go to school and have a meal and grow and mature because who knows that you can't learn nothing when you're hungry. Don't even try and teach me anything if I'm hungry. Feed me, Seymour, you know? Some of you guys are like, what is that? You know, go watch the movie. And so Genesis really got that. That really tickled her. But... There are kids overseas who are eating and growing and developing because you were able to give. And they, don't, they, they, they may never know what Pioneer Church is, but they know the love of Jesus. They know I, the love of Jesus brought this meal here. Someone somewhere loves me. I don't know why they do, but they love me. So we want to increase our kids that we're supporting from two kids to four kids with Children's Cup. 
We want to be able to be a part of any local organization. We give to JIF, which is the Juvenile Intervention Faith Follow-Up. These are kids who are going in and out of the prison system. Who It says it's eight times. Eight times. From the moment that they, they, they get caught and go to juvie, it's eight times until they end up in prison. But there's a church down here in downtown Memphis who's like, no, 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 I can't give up my time because I may have a full-time job, but I can give up my finances, and we want to support the person who's going to intervene on their behalf. God, multiply this money because there's someone full of the Spirit who's going to be like, no, 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 prison is not your destination because they have enough faith and we have enough faith to believe in what God has in their life. So we want to keep on giving to that. We want to keep on giving to, um, uh, we have uh, missionaries in Turkey, a missionary couple in Turkey, Evan and Janelle Nesbitt. They're going to have, they're expecting a second child. They're in Turkey sharing the gospel. We've been giving to them since they got there. And you're like, why is that important? Because in Turkey, if you go and you say, I'm a Christian, I'm going to share the gospel, they will literally kill you. You can literally die for your faith. This is why we have celebrations of churches here in America, because we'd have to do that in secret overseas. So this is what we're thankful for. And so when, they, when we give as a church, it's saying, hey, we, love, we know what you guys are doing are very, is very dangerous, but we know the eternal impact is greater than that. So we're going to support you financially, because we can't be there in Turkey with you, but we're going to be with you in spirit, in prayer, in faith, believing that God's going to use you to impact that child who thinks that there is no God. A radical idea. We want to be generous because God has been so generous to us. In our pioneer kids and our next generation, we're currently looking for a, a children's director or kids director to pioneer that. Huh? You see what I did there? Shameless plug. In our next generation, because we know that if, if this church is going to grow, the children's ministry needs to grow. It needs to mature. Families need to know that they're welcomed here. Some of you guys are having kids and starting families. And so we're believing in this church that our children's ministry is going to grow, that it's going to be dynamic. And because I'm going to tell you guys, we have a lot of young kids, and what they need to know at this young age is that Jesus loves them. Amen. That's all they need to know. They don't need to know about, you know, oh, this is the third heaven and all the complexities of the Bible. They just need to know that Jesus loves them more than their parents does because some of these kids may come in and they don't know who their mom or dad is or their mom and dad may not love them the way Jesus told them, the parents, that they should love their kids. So when they come to church, they're going to know, hey, you work, Victoria. My name is Miss Victoria. I'm your children's director for today. I'm your children's worker for today, and I love you. Because some of us have been to Kitty Church and we either got real scarred or we missed the vanilla wafers that we used to get. You know what I mean? Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. Look at y'all testifying, right? The vanilla wafers. And, and sometimes if it was a real good week, it'd be apple juice. You'd be like, oh, all right. So the church budget went up. But um, those kids need to come into this church and know that whomever is up there, that they're getting greeted with the love of Jesus and then that they're cared for and that their parents are cared for. And even for the parents, when they come down here, they're like, it's a, like an hour and a half break, but thank God for this break. I don't got these kids with me. I, because, amen. See, you got te people testifying. Because they need to get refilled too. Because 
I don't know how you can become a great parent if the Holy Spirit's not leading you. I know there's some good parents out there who didn't have the Holy Spirit, but how much more impactful is it when they see mom and dad impacting the kingdom? When they see mom and dad being generous, when they see mom and dad giving of their time, when they see mom and dad giving of their talent. Because I could tell you, I mean, you guys have heard me say it time and time again, and one of my good friends is here, Greg, that there are times where, we, where he stayed over my house and there was some lady upstairs shouting at five o'clock in the morning, going storming before all of heaven for all of us. And that set the example for us. So we want our, our next generation to grow. We need our next generation to grow. And the last thing, if, if Josh, if you don't mind coming up here and playing, we want to grow in our outreach. Uh, one of our overseeing pastors is here, Pastor Anthony and his wife, Brooke, they're here. Um, their church oversees us. They keep me in check, you know, because so I'm not gunslinging out here by myself, you know. They, they ask how the church is going, how we're growing. Um, and, you know, that's one thing their pastor said is that, a church that sweats together stays together. And I do a lot of sweating for us, so. Uh, he, said, he said a church that sweats together stays together. And so we want to grow in our outreach. We don't want to be a church of the four walls. We want to be a church that serves. And so next month, we plan, that's going to be our serve month. God gave me wisdom not to do a serve month in the summer because that's gross. Right? <laughs> Because I know some of y'all wouldn't show up. You'd be like, oh, um, my cat died. I'm like, no, it didn't. You just don't want to be outside in 100-degree weather. And so October from now on will be our serve month. And so for the next three to four weeks in October, we're going to be serving an organization. Guess who we're serving? We're serving GIF. We're going to be serving an organization called SOS. We're going to be weed eating. We're going to be cutting grass. We're going to be loving on people. Why are you here? Why are you helping me cut my grass? Why do you care about me? Oh, no, no, don't get it confused. It's not the church. It's the love of Jesus. We just so happen to be the church. So for the next month of October, every Saturday around maybe 9 or 10, we're going to come together. And if you can come, come. Come, serve. Serve someone. You want to know where the blessing comes from is when you're serving someone who can't pay you back. That's where the blessing, you want that anointing, you want that blessing, you want to see something change in your life, you want to see growth in your life, serve someone who can't pay you back. Serve someone who couldn't give it to you back. I know in those times when I've been serving people who couldn't pay me back, that's where the greatest blessing would come. Some of you guys are like, I'm a parent, that's not enough, because them kids got to pay you back someday, amen? Don't put me in no retirement home. When I'm old, you need to change my diaper. Um, I think it's good to tell people about the love of Jesus. I think it's even greater to show people what the love of Jesus actually is. There's a lot of broken people, and the, organ and the organizations that we're helping, a lot of them are faith-based organizations, and, and we don't, also, we don't want to be turkey people, right? And you're like, what's a turkey person? What is that? You know, we don't want to be that peop those people who are like, oh, we're going to help you one time this year, and then you'll never see us again until next year, right? Like turkey people. And you're like, I still don't get it, Pastor. Well, in a movie, they said there was a scene where this kid is like, where they're delivering turkeys, you know, during Thanksgiving. They're like, oh, here's a turkey, here's a turkey. And the kid goes, oh, you guys are turkey guys. And he's like, what? Yeah, you come once a year, 
deliver a turkey, then you leave and we never see you again. But the turkey's here. That's not this church. We're not going to be that church. So we'll probably end up planning another serve month in the beginning of the year, in the springtime, because I'm not cruel. But we don't want to be a turkey church. We don't want to show up one time. Because Jesus didn't show up one time for us. He shows up every day. He shows up every moment. And so our outreach doesn't need to be like, oh, this one month throughout the year, we're going to help people, and then we're going to wait until next year to do it again. No, I, I think that's something we need to do twice a year, maybe, maybe three times a year. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys, the world is tired of the church not being the church. We can't be so quick to pop something on Facebook, yet we wouldn't pop out our house to help our neighbor. That's got to change. We're pioneer church. We see the uninhabitable and we change it. We discover it, we see it, and then we change it. And so I'm calling you guys as the church and as October, prepare your hearts. Check your heart. Because if you think church is coming into a building and sitting here on Saturday for an hour or Sunday for an hour, an hour, 30 minutes, that's, that's not it. Because if you read your Bible and you read all the New Testament, Jesus was on the move. He saw needs and he was just like, let me help them. Because if we're following Jesus, that's what we're called to do. Amen? Amen. As I close... I want to let you know that it's by faith God has kept this church and he's growing this church. It's by faith that we continue to pioneer. It's by faith that people come to Jesus. It's by faith that God sends leaders into this church. And it's by faith that we'll continue to grow. I don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know. But what I do know is that I follow a faithful God who can lead this journey. And so the question I have for you today question I want to leave you on is do you have enough faith to pioneer? Do you have enough faith to pioneer? Do you have enough faith to say, God, I don't know if you called me to this church or not, and you know, they may be a little rough around the edges, but I'm going to trust you here. This is, this is an active church. This is a moving church. I, I want to serve you here. I want to be a part of what you're doing in this church. Now, don't get me wrong. There's 2,500 churches in Memphis, and you can be at any other church. And I guarantee there's a lot of good churches out there, so I'm not knocking any other church. But what I'm saying, what God has called this church to, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. And so if you don't have a home church, and you live in the downtown Memphis area, or you, you know what, if you live in Memphis, and you're here in this building, and you don't have a home church, let us be your family. We're about community. That's what we're about. In our next season as a community, God has called us to grow. God has called us to love one another. Look, guys, look around you. Seriously. Take a minute and look around you. Look. Go ahead, turn your head. It's okay. It won't break. Look around you. Look around you. Do you know how many churches are saying, we're a diverse church? And yet everyone looks the same. We're a diverse church. And everyone's the same age. Look around you.
There's all different ages, all different colors, all different backgrounds, because what you see around you is heaven. This church is already what God called this church. It's like, oh, I want all different ages. I want all different colors. I want all different backgrounds. Because I'm not calling to uniformity. I'm calling them to unity. Because when someone walks through that door and they may come in with a little racism on their heart, they're going to see this family and be like, oh, I, that, that doesn't exist here. That, you can't come in here with that. There's all kinds of people in this room. Be a, this is the church to be a part of. This is the church to be a part of. You want to make a difference? Be a part of something that's uncomfortable. This is not comfortable church. It's not pioneer comforter church. It's not pioneer blanket church. You know what I mean? This is not that church. Pioneers move. They see spaces that are uninhabitable and they create it for someone else. Because what we're doing right now is that, yes, we're creating a space for us, but you guys being here, you guys being in this room, you're creating a space for someone who's going to walk in and be like, I don't know why I'm here. I heard the music, and I saw some people were just super nice to me, so I walked in. If I could tell you that that's our story, our first year, people literally would walk by and be like, I heard the music, and someone said hello to me, and someone acknowledged me as a human being, so I decided to walk in. And I didn't know what I was expecting, but I, I met Jesus. There's something inside of me that changed. Do you know how many testimonies I've heard in my life of someone, and, 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 and we, I want to get away from the miraculous, even though they're beautiful and God saved people from addictions, but the simple testimonies where it was like, listen, someone just invited me, I was at a rough spot, I, I'd left my church home, I went through some things, and I came here, and you guys just loved on me, and that's why I'm here, is because you guys cared about me. That is community. That's Jesus. So, I don't know where you go to church. So, I don't, listen, we say this thing here, we don't judge your journey. I don't care what your journey looks like. I don't care what you were looking at yesterday. I don't care what you might have been addicted to yesterday. I don't care about that. Are you here? Yes. Can Jesus change you if you allow him to? Yes. And you don't have to do this life alone. Whether you're married, you're single, whatever your relationship status is, you don't have to do life alone. Because I can guarantee you there's at least three, four, five, six couples in this room. If I were to say, hey, they're going to come to your house and have dinner, like, oh, come on. I know Grace and Austin, that's them all the way. I know Nick and Alyssa. Some of y'all, half of this church has been to Nick and Alyssa's house already, yeah. you know? That's church. That's family. That's family. Half of you guys have been to our house, and you're like, oh, we're coming over. Okay. As long as you can put up with my two little gremlins, like, that's family, that's church. Church doesn't happen only in these four walls. It happens every day. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you've allowed us to be here for another year. It's by your hand that we grow. It's by your, by, our, by your provision that we keep on moving forward. God, I just thank you. Lord God, would you just anoint and bless this second year? Lord God, continue to send those leaders to this church who are going to just help transform this church. God, send the passion for us to serve, to impact this community. 
Holy Spirit continue to dwell in here every time that we meet in here, not only on Sundays, but every time we meet together, Holy Spirit, let there be a passion and a movement in our hearts that we can no longer stay the same. Father, I pray for our faith that even in the rough times, we trust in you. Even in the hard times, we have that vision in what you called us to. Guys, if you don't mind standing with me. You know, in what we do here is like when, we, when you have kids, we, we have baby dedications here, right? And so when you have a baby dedication, you're holding this child and you're commissioning this child to the Lord and you're saying, God, you have this. This is yours. It belongs to you. Right? So if you've been here for a baby dedication, we do that. We pray over that baby, and we pray over that child. And so right now, with your arms raised, if you guys can just pray over this church. Actually, Pastor Anthony, if you don't mind coming up. Can you bring me a wireless mic? Um, oh, okay. He said he, can, he said he can be loud. Good. So I can't dedicate this church because I'm here. And so I'm glad he was in town and Brooke is in town that if you can just dedicate our church to the Lord for its second year, I would love that. If you guys just don't mind following him.
operate every day in peace, God. But Lord, we declare that every day there will be an overflow of joy in the name of Jesus. So Lord, we dedicate this house all over again, God, that this would be a place where people find you, that they would experience hope, that there would be authenticity and an overflow of joy, God. That's your kingdom, Lord. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we love you and we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.